Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of Vice. It's Monday, August 3rd. I'm Sophie Casas. Today we're discussing an incredible new VR film that takes you on an ayahuasca journey to the Amazon. Awavena is a 17-minute mixed-reality work that melds augmented reality, 360-degree film footage, and virtual reality. It was funded by the Sundance Institute, produced by Nicole Noonan, and directed by Lynette Walworth, a duo whose previous VR film, Collisions, won an Emmy. The film attempts to give the viewer the experience of physically being in the Amazon, drinking the ayahuasca tea, and feeling the energy of the rainforest. And in doing this, the film expands the boundaries of what an immersive video can do. Today, we've got Vice's Ankita Rao speaking with Vice writer Nicole Clark about this new revolutionary film. So what's this film about? This film is about the Yawanawa tribe. They're an indigenous group of roughly 3,000 people, kind of spread throughout Peru, Bolivia, and Brazil. And this one focuses on the story of Hushahu and her tribe and the experience of drinking uni tea, which is their way of referencing ayahuasca to undergo shaman training. She's the first female shaman of the Yawanawa tribe, but also, I believe, of the Amazonian basin. And so through a translator, her story is narrated. She's also kind of the primary character, you see her appear a lot in the footage captured of the tribe. Um, and she speaks about the legacy of the elder shaman Tata as he kind of leads her through her shaman training. And they speak a bit about the legacy of the missionaries and the rubber tappers coming in and the efforts of preserving the culture, the feeling of being the first indigenous woman to be a spiritual leader of the tribe. And then the film transports you into the ayahuasca ritual. And walk us through this film a bit. So it's told through the voice of Hushahu through a translator. What happens? The opening shot is you're just sitting in this canoe, gently going down the river. And I believe Hushahu is sitting there kind of quietly. And you hear the narration ease you into the community to tell you about um, the Yawanawas. And it just, it feels very meditative. I think what I was impressed about with the footage is that it was, it was never jarring in any way. It kind of coasted very gently from being on this river to footage of this really beautiful bridge they have. Um, Lynette described it to me as the bridge between the outside world and kind of crossing over into ritual and also crossing over into their community. And so we get footage of that. And then we get 
just shots of the community. And then you have shots of the elder shaman Tata as he's, he's in failing age, but he's surrounded by his family. And then it transitions over to what I can only describe as like being in a field of just thousands of lights as Husha, who tells you about taking the uni, which is the, the ayahuasca, they call it the uni tea. And the experience of being under for just months at a time as part of her shaman training. And it's both beautiful and arduous. And I've never felt this sense of awe coming from something that's rendered through a computer. And so you're just gently lifted into a tree, which is for some reason not scary at all, even though I'm a bit afraid of heights. And you just see everything kind of laid out below you as Husha, who tells you about the energy of the forest and, and the feeling of seeing and feeling the environment around her and being in conversation with it. It was kind of beautiful in a way that I wish more people could experience. And I know it's being shown at the Venice Film Festival right now, but I, I just wish more people in general could see it. Like you said, ayahuasca is been in the cultural consciousness for a while, but it's something that's impossible to describe, especially for a lot of these indigenous communities that rely on oral tradition um, rather than any kind of written tradition. And so virtual reality seemed like the only kind of format where you could attempt to do justice to the experience. And it's also a format that allows a different type of lens. I think that part of the maybe dangers of covering something like ayahuasca is, you know, speaking about it as an outsider or missing the point or missing the right perspective. How did this film negotiate that? Oh, definitely. The first thing I did when I came into the screening was I asked Lynette, who was there, how she came across this story. And she told me that the, the chief of the Yawanawa tribe, Tashka, was the one who actually reached out to her. He had seen her film collisions, her previous VR work, and immediately had thought that this would be a good venue for him to share their story with outsiders. And so he and his wife were co-producers on the project. And the experience was extremely collaborative. They would be sending clips back and forth, touching base. Um, and it was also very, very important for me as a journalist to be able to speak to Hushahu, who is the first female shaman and, of course, the subject of this, to ask her how she felt. It's really important for me to make sure that it isn't exoticizing in any way, which is obviously extremely difficult because I'm no expert. I try my best to make sure that the work I do is as fair as possible and judicious, but is never exploitative. And the fact that it was really collaborative was kind of the primary question and the primary concern for me going into this. Through your conversations with the filmmakers, what do you think was the goal of a film like this? Because I think it is, you know, talking about ayahuasca in a way that sounds like something we've really never heard or seen, that perspective. And also in a format like VR, what were they trying to do here? It was really a way to educate outsiders, which made my job as a journalist really interesting in talking to the director in particular, who is also an outsider. She told me that Tashka reached out to her and that at times 
would kind of playfully describe her as like a shaman of sorts of our culture, but it really was about giving people the closest approximation to what ayahuasca was. But more than that, the the legacy of the first female shaman, I believe um, Hashuha wasn't just the first female shaman of the Yawanawa tribe, but also of most of the indigenous communities in the Amazonian basin. And so at first people were skeptical of her being in this position, but she became kind of like this guiding light to people. And I mean, they explicitly said, this is a film that we're making for white outsiders. And I don't know that there's too much more than that. It's a culture that historically we haven't engaged with in a positive way. And I feel like we all deserve better than that. The way you describe this incredible feeling and the feeling of awe is the way that a lot of people describe their own trips on various psychedelic substances, including ayahuasca. Did this film make you want to do it, or was it satisfying in a different way? So that's actually a concept I find very interesting because I never once thought of it as psychedelia, And that was a phrase or even saying it made you high was terminology that the film deliberately distanced itself from. And I think thinking about it in that framework is a bit dangerous because I feel like to an outsider, the experience is, I don't think people compare it to something like going on an acid trip, right? But I worry that that's the only framework we have for this kind of experience. where the film and the interviews I did made it abundantly clear to me that it's an herbal medicine, it's a sacred ritual, it's a tradition. And so this film actually made me feel like I would never want to violate that. And that I felt like it was a gift that I got to experience what might be the closest approximation I as an outsider could ever have to it. Because, of course, it's never going to be like actually drinking the uni tea. But I know because the collaboration was so close, there must have been some kind of kernel of truth in there. Lynette told me when Hushahu watched the film, she actually began to pray and became really emotional and was crying a little bit. And that when Tashka reviewed the footage, he was really overwhelmed with gratitude and felt like this might be the chance for, for people to get an idea of what it looks like. So I actually don't, I don't want to do it. I, I wouldn't think it would be appropriate for me to. To read the full story, go to vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks so much for listening. And tune in again on Wednesday for another Vice Guide to Right Now. on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.